It's Friday. It's the NTT20 betting show. It's Ali Maxwell and it's George Ellick. Generally do these ones over the phone, but finally I can look into George's eyes as he talks me through the value ahead of the EFL slate. George, I found this to be quite a, not sure what the right word is, almost quite a tedious slate. It felt, you know, it felt hard to, to work our way through, but we have got the usual picks, selections, long shots, naps, etc. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing where you find your value this weekend. This show's for over 18s only. We ask that everyone listening uh, who is over 18 be gamble aware and make sure you understand the risks that surround betting. And George, what I want to know from you is where you're going this weekend for your best bet in the EFL. Up to Fleetwood. A bit of a bit of a local derby, this one. Interesting. The hardest EFL ground, <clears throat> arguably, to get to because I think I'm not sure about Forest Green, but I think it's the only ground in the country that doesn't have its own train station. Fleetwood. I think I'm right in saying you've got to get the tram. I, I'm trying to work out now how you get from Fleetwood to Blackpool or, or vice versa. It's I think you just walk. It's, it's a 24 minute drive. Swim? Um, Could you and swim I'm that? Public transport. 47 minutes. You have to get the number one bus and then the number five bus. Imagine if Neil Critchley is first game in charge of Blackpool and really wants to make a statement and to sort of slightly put Joey Barton off, they just swim to Fleetwood for this game. I've just given some bad, because that's actually from Fleetwood, the city, to Fleetwood, to Blackpool, the, you know, sorry, Fleetwood, the town. To, so I'm just going to see from stadium to stadium. Stadium to stadium. It's important this, especially ahead of... five minutes. So you go from Retta Drive, you get the number 14. Anyway... Then you get the 68 and you're there. So it should be fine. What do you like about this game? Apart from the the, uh, the, the trip, I guess. 20, the travel. 26 minute drive. Apart from the um, travel plans. Straight down Queen's Promenade. Uh, I, you know how when you get towards the end of the season, you start to see prices change markedly when you have teams with something to play for play against teams with nothing to play for. Yes, I do recognise that. I think this is a game which is basically down that route but the prices aren't massively different because there's still 10 games to go. I'm sure there are probably some very optimistic Blackpool fans looking at the league table, thinking that given their back-to-back victories, a 14-point gap at this stage is still bridgeable, uh, especially with a new manager in their ranks. But I... Bridgeable is a good word. Thank you. Uh, I, I disagree. Um, I, I, you know, There's nothing really for this Blackpool side to play for except for their pride. To try and have a good finish um, under the new manager, for the new manager to take a look at the squad that was assembled in January under Simon Grayson, a manager who they disposed with pretty soon afterwards. Um, and Fleetwood are aside at the moment who are arguably the best team in the league. They come here off the back of a really good 1-0 victory at Ipswich, where, which they fully deserved. Um, before that, they took a point at Sunderland. Uh, they beat Portsmouth, which is no mean feat. They beat Peterborough. If you look at the last five games they've played, Wickham, Peterborough, Portsmouth, Sutherland and Ipswich, you know, except for Ipswich, they're all in the top six. It's amazing. And they've picked, they've only dropped two points and that was at Sunderland, which is a brilliant result. So, you know, they're, they're the side trending in the right direction. They have everything to play for given they're taking up that sixth position at the moment. And in, you know, they've got this front four of, of Mackay, Ched, Evans, Paddy Madden and, um, and Wes Burns. And only three of them ever play, which is such a good position to be in mm. because even Mackay who's been a revelation since he came in he's in and out of the side like he comes off the bench fairly often because they have a system and they play three up top 
uh, with those two wide men. So you fe- feasibly Paddy, can, uh, Paddy Madden can play as one of them, but you can't shoehorn all four in. And that's a good position to be in because it means you've got competition for places up front, especially with all four of them in form as well. Um, with Coots, of course, putting the strings behind. And they're just a really, really solid side. You know who else is putting the strings with Coots since January? Glenn Whelan. Yeah. Great to have him that is, playing EFL football. That is something I'm trying to ignore um, <laughs> during this uh, during this selection. But uh, just at 23, 20 to 23, you know, if you fast forward four weeks, this game will probably have a similar importance. But the prices would be different because Fleetwood, you know, it would be that much closer to the end of the season. There'd be that much more to play for feasibly. But Fleetwood are playing to get promoted. Blackpool are playing for nothing. And, you know, the new manager, you know, anyone who listens, who's listened to this show for the last couple of years will know that anyone who bets on new manager bounces, I, I think, is a fool. And, that you know, the reason that Blackpool are as short a price as they are is because they put in two decent performances beating Ipswich and Bolton. But realistically, the Bolton result was as uh, you know you should be putting away Bolton and the Zipstra's town side and look past the name of the team and there's not much to get excited about really so yeah at 20 to 23 it's a strong nap for me I'm looking forward to curating the list of people that you think are fools I've got another one to add to the list I, there I pity them <laughs> very good well uh, thank you for that I also as you know was quite keen on Fleetwood but I let you have that one as your nap <laughs> because you were quite keen on AFC Wimbledon to beat Bolton at home and that's what my nap is as well so sharing's caring and all that but uh, I mean does it bode well if we both fancy the same thing that end up as our nap I'm, I'm not sure but Wimbledon uh, just the fact of them being uh, over even money here I couldn't really ignore I couldn't really leave alone and uh, unfortunately it's not necessarily because Wimbledon are any great shakes having said that I have been impressed in the way or with the way in which Wimbledon have uh, moved themselves away from the relegation zone there's an eight point gap now between them and Tranmere in 21st Tranmere do have two games in hand but I think to all intents and purposes, there are three relegation teams, uh, Tranmere, Southend and Bolton. Uh, Rochdale's recent form is concerning enough that they've dropped into 20th, but I think they, they should be fine. And I think, you know, given the great escape that Wimbledon had to go through last season, just to avoid that sort of, well, it's tiring, isn't it? <laughs> to avoid that is impressive. And, and one of the things that has stood out has been decent home form across the season, not in recent weeks, where they've drawn nil-nil with Blackpool and Ipswich. Uh, they lost at home to Fleetwood. They drew with Burton. And then they beat Peterborough. Before that, they played uh, Oxford as well, just before uh, New Year. So they've had a pretty tough run of home games. That is where they've picked up the majority of their points. But for the most part, this is, sadly, uh, like my nap last week, which was not a winner, with Bolton drawing nil-nil with Accrington. This is more of a, an anti-Bolton bet. Uh, their away record is almost as bad as it gets 15 games they've played away from home this season Uh, one win one draw and 13 defeats for just four points so I'd be lying if I said that this feeling this selection is is based on much more sort of serious than that or much more detailed than that purely that Bolton away record is really the uh, the number one thing on the agenda Wimbledon's uh, data in Recent weeks has been okay. Uh, the last eight games, they're sort of mid-table in terms of their XG ratio. Uh, they've got it going a little bit more going forward than they had earlier on in the season and uh, by no means brilliant defensively. But good enough, I think, to put away this Bolton side who, as I spoke about last week, it, it's such a difficult scenario for them to be in. You, you almost... It, I know that the fans are pretty 
unhappy with Keith Hill. I think from a media perspective, with Bolton having gone through what they've gone through, most people are kind of absolving Keith Hill of, of any sort of blame here because of the situation that he had, that the, the players that he could sign to put this squad together and those sort of conditions have made it really, really difficult. But um, the fact is that they, they're they really struggling to, to do anything in, in this division. So having frustrated me last week with that nil-nil against Accrington, hopefully at over even money, uh, if Wimbledon can do the business here, then I'll be net profit over the two <coughs> weeks opposing Bolton. That's what I'm going with. So Wimbledon my nap at, at 2.1. Uh, next up for you, George Ellick. <laughs> Uh, next up for me is South End against Bristol Rovers, and I'm backing the home side at 11 to five. Uh, South End, the the whipping boys of League One, it's fair to say, mm. but there are plenty of signs that they are improving. It's obviously been a difficult uh, week for them off the field, um, but as we've seen with quite a few teams recently, uh, that doesn't necessarily translate to what's going on on the fit on the pitch. You know, Macclesfield's performances this season have been spectacularly good given their wage budget given what they've had to deal with in key players leaving in the middle of the season given they haven't been paid given that they've got points deductions the fact that they have amassed I think it's 36 points so far is a hell of an effort uh, similarly you know Barry went up last season when the players weren't getting paid and you know the club ended up folding so I wouldn't necessarily be too concerned about the motivation of these South End players because this has been an on-running struggle. I mean, the quality of them is quite clearly the issue here, but under Sol Campbell, they're starting to put in performances that deserve results. You know, they put in a, a very good performance against Burton at home where they lost 3-2 to a decent side. The narrative around the Oxford match um, last weekend was, was that, you know, Oxford didn't perform, but that's just, I would say, whilst it's true, that there's a laziness to that because you look at them playing against the, the worst side in the league and you assume that that's their fault. But the fact of the matter is, is that Southend made it very difficult for Oxford to play well. And they deserve credit for doing that. And you know they probably deserve something out of the game before Matt Taylor struck very late on to, to get the three points for the home side. So um, it, this is one of those where, you know, they're not a, they're a big price at 11 to 5. You don't find many home sides um, at that price, especially against the Bristol Rovers team who uh, are still really struggling. I mean, they got that first win finally under Ben Garner, but since then it's been two pretty ad abject displays against uh, Sunderland and Shrewsbury at home last time. The data is damning for Bristol Rovers. They are bottom of the XG ratio table for the last four games uh, with 33% uh, ratio conceding 1.87. Uh, Southend, not much better, um, but certainly better. They're 38.33 and kind of in 20 21st position. And over the last eight games, they're pretty comparable. So I don't really see any reason why... Um, Bristol Rovers should be favourites for this game mm -hmm. because neither side, I mean, one side has won one game in their last however many, the other side's won no games. But if there's one team who are showing signs of improvement and signs that, that a win is around the corner, it's South End. Um, so at 11 to 5, on a normal week, this would maybe be a nap. <laughs> okay, nice. Really felt like that came to an abrupt end. Uh, very good. I'm in League One still. Uh, which makes four League One picks so far. Clearly the place to be this weekend. Uh, I'm actually going to pick Peterborough to beat uh, Portsmouth. I think this is probably the biggest game in in League One this weekend. It was previewed in depth on this week's Going Up, Going Down podcast, which is the podcast that we make for The Athletic. Podcast that we have quite a lot of fun making, to be quite honest. We do various different features, if you haven't listened, including uh, an EFL Rewind this week, George. Uh, taking a look at the love affair between uh, Giuliano Grazioli and mm. Barnet Football Club, which I loved. Uh, hot takes as well. I'm imposing a new rule 
on how and when you can sack managers in my hot take this week. Um, but I did also preview this game and in doing so sort of came to the conclusion that A, I think Peterborough will win and therefore at the price, which is 2.3, um, it's something that I want to get behind given that there's a lot of prices I don't like across the leagues this weekend. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. They, they've, they've got a big difference in schedule. Uh, since Christmas, Portsmouth, 19 games they've played. Peterborough, 14 games they've played. Um, I desperately don't want to regurgitate the same things that I said on going up, going down. But um, I suppose to put a punting perspective on, I ended with the question to you, George, how much does Christian Burgess, Portsmouth centre-backs, suspension impact Portsmouth? Well, given that one of the big features of their early season troubles was finding a centre-back partnership that worked. You might remember Downing came in, played a little bit, sort of cast aside. Raggett had a tough start. In the end, Raggett and Burgess solidified themselves as the established duo, and that's been a big part of Pompey's sort of, well, move towards the very top end of this table. Um, but with Burgess sus suspended, I think Jack Watmore will come in. A player that we rate a lot, that we think is, is very talented, has performed very well for Portsmouth, certainly before what was quite a concerning long-term injury. And I think this will be his first league start of the season. So um, marry that with the return of Ivan Tony. Uh, Tony was suspended for two games in that time. Peterborough drew one and lost one. Uh, the draw against Burton and the defeat against Fleetwood. Fairly narrow defeat that. Uh, neither performance particularly good, but neither of them for me hugely worrying, especially because I think Tony's the best player in the league. And I think that he has, you know, in terms of individual players on their team, about as big an impact on Posh than, than any other player in the EFL. So his return, having had basically three weeks off, where hopefully if he, you know, if he was feeling the strain of the Christmas period, he should in theory come back invigorated, potentially a little rusty. I'm not quite sure which side of the fence I fall on that when players have had two or three weeks off. But I think he can make it hard for Watmore on his first start of the season. Um, I think that the 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 way that Tony also brings out the best in Smolix and Dembele is quite crucial here. I think that Posh will have enough about them to score a few here. They've got a good home record, uh, 11 wins out of 16. They've scored... 39 goals uh, in 16 home games, which is serious, seriously impressive. Uh, and Pompey on the other side of things, with basically the only thing that, that is still a bit of an issue for them this season, although it has improved somewhat, is their away form. They've lost eight of 16 away from home. So um, there's a massive difference between their home form and their away form. They've lost away at Coventry, Wickham, Sunderland and Fleetwood, um, the the. They've only played four of the top nine teams away from home and they've lost to all of them. So um, that could be the thing that holds them back in quite a big way. They've still got to play away at Posh, obviously, Oxford, Ipswich and Rotherham before the end of the season. So Pompey's away form, something to keep an eye on. I'm picking Posh to win this game at London Road this weekend at 2.3. Next up. Yeah, Portsmouth's draw no bet against Peterborough. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I don't deny the impact of Burgess being out. I don't disagree that Peterborough are the likely winners here, but I don't think that any League One side should be, you know, that price against the Portsmouth team who I consider to, to basically be the best, consistently over time the best. And, you know, the, the fixture congestion is of course an issue. They but played Arsenal on Monday. They played on Friday night. They, they played, played the weekend before as well. They played brilliantly against Arsenal on Monday. I mean, I think any Arsenal fan will tell you that they were very lucky to be you know, even level, let alone ahead at half time. Um, 
they're they're just a really good side who and I, and I think there's a lot of in, in the same vein as this posh side at the beginning of the season having a lot of hype I feel like the same happened where they ran very very hot um, for a period of time you know scoring four goals in consecutive games against Ipswich Oxford and South End you know they were absolutely purring but that was never going to last the, the the level of dominance they were exerting over these teams was overblown we've seen two performances you know I understand the Tony angle is a big one, but I think it's easy also to get too caught up in that. You know, the the fact of the matter is that without Tony, they're putting two worst performances and his return will help, but he's not five goals a game difference as a player. Um, (laughs) That would be unbelievable. He's probably, you know, he's going to be marginal, if anything. And this is a Pompey side who I have faith, you know, their poor away form is definitely a concern, but it's just, this is just a price thing where I, I just can't see... Um, you know, I, I can't see the, the the translated likelihood of Pompey losing that game tallying with, with Peterborough's price. Um, so, you know, you're taking the draw into out of the equation here by backing them. Um, so one of us will either be happy or there's, <laughs> or, or there's going to be nothing done and I'll be kind of okay and you'll be crying. But uh, it's, I'm, uh, I'm glad we've got everything covered at least. But yeah, 11 to 8 with Marathon. Um, it just seems like a generous price for, for a side. You know, I, I, I think Portsmouth will finish above Peterborough this season. Um, irrespective of what happens here, I think they're they're the better sides um, on a neutral venue, and you're getting a, a generous price for the uh, for the away disadvantage. Let's Great, say. I love it. That's so good. It really does add a nice wrinkle to the weekend. Um, bit of spice. So Peterborough is my pick, and Portsmouth draw no bet is George's pick. There. Let us know what you think about that game at NTT Twenty Pod on Twitter. Be interesting to hear. Um, having listened to our reasoning and uh, having. Uh, having some of your own, uh, which side of the fence you have fallen on. Second time I've used that phrase in the pod. Let's see if I can find another way to crowbar that in. Classic you. Before the end of the... I haven't said compelling yet, though. (laughs) That's been my word of 2020 so far. I'm sure I'll find a way. Um, My... Was that your last pick? Yeah, so I've got my I've third... Got, I've got a Yahtzee bonus. Yeah, of course, up. we've yeah. got a bonus or a long shot. Um, but in terms of your regulation picks, uh, my last one, and this is so grim, but once I once I sort of had it in my head, I, I just needed to get it down on paper. Um, it's about as muggy a treble as you could possibly have. But I feel very strongly that in League Two this weekend, where we've got this group of strong teams at the top of the table, um, I think that... It's, it's a really exciting part of covering the EFL at the moment. The, the sort of five into three that we have with Swindon, Crew, Plymouth, Exeter and Cheltenham. Uh, I've got three of them to win home games in a treble and it's Swindon, Crew and Plymouth. I'm not going to go in depth on uh, too many of these. In fact, for the Swindon pick, which is the longest price at home to Forest Green, a 1.8 best price, I'll point you in the direction of Mark O'Hare, who you should be following anyway for all your betting needs. But he feels very strongly about Swindon this weekend. He's got some fairly compelling reasons why you might want to back them. Um, And for Crewe at home to Stevenage and Plymouth at home to Macclesfield, um, they are short prices, uh, both around the 1.5 mark, but um, just such a gap between the two sides in both of those games for me. Um, Certainly the home form of both Crewe and Plymouth um, points to good things and just the general form of Stevenage and Macclesfield um, points to it being a, a bit of a tough one here. Now, because there's five teams going for three spots, none of these teams can be complacent. I think that's a really good thing uh, when we're trying to get with them punting-wise. So um, very, very muggy treble. Swindon, Crew, and Plymouth all to win. And that is about three to one. So not necessarily something I'm proud of, but 
I, I do feel strongly that these teams are winning and I wanted that down on paper, I guess, down on record. So Swindon Crew and Plymouth all winning this weekend, hopefully, which leaves us with the long shot, George, with the, uh, with the, with the bonus pick. Sorry, I forgot the word there. Sorry. And um, last week, you were off the back of three winners in a row and then the game you picked got suspended. Yeah, so I'm still on Fleetwood the run. Tranmere, so still on the run. Trying to look for four consecutive winners, ignoring the <laughs> voided selection. Uh, where are you going this week? Um, I'm going to Crawley, uh, uncut Yems uh, against Oldham. Uh, Oldham coming to this off after a magnificent 5-0 win against Newport. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, but I am ha- very happy to oppose them here because their away record is absolutely terrible. And Crawley's home record is absolutely superb. Uh, winless in their last seven on the road. Oldham, they normally score... But that's about it. They got beaten 5-1 by Exeter, 2-1 by Crew. Um, they've drawn games against poor sides such as Stevenage and Macclesfield. Uh, so it's very, very easy to, to get against them here. I back Crawley in, the, in just the, the win market as well. Uh, and Crawley's home form is just brilliant. They beat Stevenage 2-0. They beat Scunthorpe 3-1. Grimsby 3-2. Bradford 2-1. Uh, Northampton 4-0. They haven't lost at home in their last eight uh, which is basically when Yems came in. So, I mean, I think Crawley are kind of nap material anyway, but there's just that, the um, the kind of goals stat stuff, I guess, that uh, has made me pick this as a bonus bet because, as I say, Oldham normally score. Uh, Crawley's kind of sc- uh, record at home in terms of scoring is 4-1-2-3-3-0-2. The zero was a nil-nil draw. Oldham on the roads uh, in the league is reads as um, in the last four they scored one 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 and two, so instead of doing match result and both teams to score, I'm going to tell you to Dutch two selections. <laughs> what does that mean? It means you bat them both um, for different stakes, and it works out as being a six to one shot. Bloody in, in, hell! In this, Here we go, getting this, creative in this occasion. So you basically want to have a third of your bet. So if you're having, say, you're staking a tenner. Yeah, you want to put three pounds thirty-three on three-one. Okay, at twenty to one. Nice. And I want you to put six pounds sixty-seven. Lovely. On um, two-one at nineteen to two. I think best prices. I mean, around there. There's a Dutch calculator you can find on Hot Checker, a very good site, uh, where if you plug in the prices, it tells you what to have on each of them. So you have got level stakes. But that is my. It's going to work out at a lovely six to one as well. So two-one and three-one um, for split stakes to work out at 6-1 to one, cruelly against um, Oldham for uh, for not the top 20 betting pod first. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about uh, about that. If, you, if you're interested, um, you can find the Dutch in calculator online. Also, the Dutch word for calculator is reckon machine. So, you know, if you wanted, you could find... What's the English word for reckon machine? Oh, calculator. Yes, correct. Thank you. Oh, that was a tough one. Um, thanks for that, George. That's quite exciting. Uh, as always, uh, with my long shot bonus picks, um, I'm just a bit all over the place because I've got lots and lots of first goal scorers that I want to back. My official selection for the purposes of the completely arbitrary uh, need to have an official selection is Jake Cooper to score first for Millwall at Nottingham Forest tonight. Now, uh, first thing to say is you should be watching this game on Sky because we are on the show. Uh, We'll be on at 10.15 with what is loosely called the weekend preview, but we're picking out a team from each league that we think is the one to watch, the the one team on the up, I suppose. And we'll be going a bit in depth on uh, on what's happening there. Uh, But the game itself could be interesting, most likely low scoring. Um, 
I'm picking Cooper because, as you guys know, I love a centre-back first goal scorer pick. And to be honest, uh, with every single week when I'm doing my research on which centre-backs are getting on the end of chances, are having shots, and deeper than that, um, who you know, which defenders XG-wise and XG per 90 are leading their leagues, uh, then I'll check the matchup that they have, and then I'll check the price, and normally try and find someone uh, 33s or better. Now, every single week, I check Jake Cooper's price first because he's the most compelling <laughs> pick for a first goal-scoring centre-back. He gets on the end of more corners and set pieces than anyone else. Uh, he is the tallest player in the championship. He's got the highest XG across the championship this season. Uh, but generally, his price is like 20 to 1 or 18, 20, 22 to 1. And that just doesn't really excite me. So I couldn't believe my eyes today when I logged on and saw that Jake Cooper is 40 to 1 to score first. I would back him 40 to 1 to score first in any game, uh, such as his threat from set pieces. Um, I know that Forrest are good at home. They're by no means... Uh, poor at defending set pieces, but he's got uh, a few extra, well, he's got a couple of extra inches of height uh, on basically anyone that he plays against. So I'll be watching this one with interest from the Sky Studios. Um, given that we're recording a bit too late this week, apologies, you've only got seven hours, but hopefully the price holds. Um, Jake Cooper is my bonus bet. And after last week, I had Scott the Hot Hogan in a double, didn't I? And he did score first. Um, but the other lad, I can't remember who it was, didn't do the business for me. That was a real blow. Uh, this week, I'm also going to have Scott the Hot Hogan. Bet365 haven't learned. He's still too long. Hogan in a double with Lyle Taylor to score first each way. Uh, that one is also around the 40-1 to 1 mark. So uh, two 40-1 long shots in my personal uh, armory this week. But for the for the uh, sake of the pod, Jake Cooper, first goal scorer, 40-1. to 1. What a pleasurable betting show um so we- i fell asleep during all those selections at the end there how many oh, did you have don't worry about it um <laughs> thanks for tuning in guys uh, it's a pleasure as always to talk you through the weekend slate across the efl we're excited about the weekend uh, sky friday night always good fun uh, and then george working for bbc radio 5 live tomorrow at the charlton borough game hopefully seeing lyle taylor score first uh, and <laughs> i'll be in with quest enjoy the weekend uh, please gamble responsibly uh, please do let us know what you think about our selections at ntt20 pod is the place for that uh, as always thanks for your support thanks for listening and we'll talk again on monday <laughs>